begin the process of elimination in this competition. Pinfall, submission, or count off. There is no poison, no creation, and no medicine to cure what we have. It takes a certain kind of people. That's the kind of man you are looking at. It takes a certain kind of people. That's the kind of man you are looking at. From the ashes of the Datafight Media Network and the ruins of half a lifetime spent speaking truth to power, this is Alan John's Ring of Tyranny. John's uh, joining you. This is the first uh, post-Thanksgiving episode of Ring of Tyranny. I trust and hope you all had a wonderful break with your families, eating uh, all that food. I know I ate quite a bit. Uh, I had a leftover bag of beef jerky that I just wolfed down, so I apologize if you hear any stomach noises, uh, terrible stomach noises coming through the microphone. And it's, of course, due to the fact that I ate an entire bag of beef jerky in less than three minutes. Uh, I don't know what came over me. It was that... That ravenous uh, wolf, that ravenous inner wolf that I channeled over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, kind of peeking out again after after it's worn out its welcome. Uh, we celebrated out here somewhere in Texas. I'd rather not be specific, and uh, it was a great time. Uh, it was really just the Johns family unit, uh, which was nice. And my son, of course, his new wife uh, joined us uh, for the first time, and that was very pleasant. Uh, my daughter had cooked most of the food uh, coming from her organic uh crops she had uh she had this one dog it was it was great it was like a a pale yellow melon uh she called it a squash uh, i'm fairly certain uh, i can't remember now what it's called but, but, but the, the cool thing about this this squash uh, this melon this squash that looked like a melon was when you cooked it uh it softened up on the inside so when you uh, opened it up and scooped out the innards it came out kind of like spaghetti which was really cool and uh it's called um uh, it's some sort of squash. It's called, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the names of these, they, they, there's so many different little plants that, that least that my daughter has been working on. So, uh, it just, it's hard to, it's hard to keep them all kind of in order. And, uh, and remember, I, I apologize, but it was, a, it was a neat squash. It looked like a melon. And, uh, after you cooked it, uh, you could serve it like spaghetti. So some kind of spaghetti squash. Uh, anyway, um, Right off the bat, uh, I want to say something about the past few weeks. Um, no need to remind you, uh, no need to remind our listeners, but maybe for uh, new people, strangers joining us, uh, we can welcome you with a tale of uh, a space alien. A space alien that's been harassing me almost... 
for the past three years of my life now that he's back. And, uh, well, let's see, I used to host a, a truth-telling show. Some people would call it a conspiracy theory uh, show, you know, and uh, I wouldn't call it that. We were a truth-telling network. We had an online following. Uh, we had a very big following on the AM radio station uh, in our small county, base county, uh, which was just ripe for the picking. Uh, we had our quaint little operation, peaceful, nice, everyone was getting along, uh, talking about, you know, the things we talk about in these communities, gun ownership, um, uh, the free market, um, the Constitution, and it was a quaint uh, operation. We would talk to each other. We'd talk about our rights and um, how to... Uh, stay within our rights and, and keep our property safe from the government. And this was all interrupted. Our peaceful little community of truth tellers was interrupted by a space alien who uh, apparently had heard my show in outer space and disliked it so much he felt it necessary to come down to Earth and pose as a skinhead and um, put together some sort of insurgent group that would uh, rise up to interfere and take over as the truth-telling operation in town. This screwed everything up. Uh, in the end, he revealed to me that he was a space alien simply affecting a skinhead uh, get-up and, uh, for some reason, a, a southern accent and a, and a low voice um, he's, he's spoken on this show before, as we discovered a few episodes back. My producer, Bernie Prezito, discovered his voice. And, of course, uh, the past few episodes we've been trying to upload, and he somehow interferes uh, with the uploading process through those waves. I'm not really sure how he does it. I mean, he's a space alien. He made it to Earth. Uh, he's obviously uh, slightly more advanced th than we are, at least in that department. But... Skinner, as he calls himself, has been interfering with my show like some sort of uh, intergalactic uh, graffiti artist. I've compared him to Banksy, and that's all good and well, but what I've decided, uh, I've talked to my wife about this, and we've decided, as we decided, well, basically, he took my voice for two years, and I got the voice back about half a year ago, and I wanted so badly to return to broadcasting. I've got it in my blood. I've got it in my bones. I'm, I'm a born broadcaster. So my wife and I decided it would be okay for me to broadcast once again, coming to you now in the form of this podcast uh, about the only uh, other subject really in this world, in this, in this life of mine, that um, entertains and I feel is as, as dense a uh, nugget as truth-telling uh, professional wrestling, mostly WWE. And I gotta warn you, the show today might be a little longer uh, in the tooth because I actually watched so much wrestling uh, over the break. I was catching up with this, I was catching up with that. I uh, watched 205 Live, I watched NXT, I watched an old episode of Impact, and I'm going to cover it all on the show today, along with our usual suspects of Raw and SmackDown, which... Well, I, if you watch them, uh, you're going to be right right there with me. There's um, at the, uh, simultaneously so little to say, uh, while there is also so much. And uh, back to Skinner and his interference. So what I'm finding is I, I believe he's just kind of uh, ribbing me, if you will, uh, to use an industry term. And I'll sticking, inserting his laughter whenever I get a little too political. So I'm going to try not to get political. <laughs> the initial shock of the Saudi Arabian deal reveal is, of course, subsided. I would hope for a lot of us. I'm going to try not to say, of course, so much. But uh, I hope that subsided for a lot of us. Uh, this information was released. <laughs> I mean, it makes you feel like the WWE might as well be a shadowy government agency like the CIA or the FBI. 
Um, <laughs> look at, I mean, look right there. We have the same number of initials in all three things. CIA, FBI, WWE. I mean, <laughs> what, what more proof do you need? Uh, they're all peas in a pod. Anyway, <laughs> I would imagine, I, I'm realizing now that I even just got into it a little bit there, uh, the politics. So if there was, in fact, more laughter over, uh, interweaved over that segment, more interference from this space alien that just seems to have it in for me for... Who knows what reason? I mean, maybe he'll show up one day and tell us. But if there was after all over that, then then uh, my suspicions are correct. So that was kind of my test here on episode X to see if I was right about Skinner, if I could kind of uh, bring the laughter in on command, and I'm, I'm sure I did. But I'm going to try in general not to talk about politics. I mean, I, 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 it's kind of interesting that the second I want to stop, the WWE just makes these hugely political moves. And of course, <laughs> it's hard to... Uh, say that they're behind all of it, that the whole thing could be a work, but uh, <laughs> you know, really, like, the events are timed just so perfectly for them to reestablish that for Vince, for Vince McMahon uh, to reestablish with his company that is supposedly uh, overruled by shareholders that doing business with Saudi Arabia is a good idea when literally the <laughs> rest of the U.S. is turning away except for the military contractors, and I'm sure there was more laughter over that. <laughs> so, um, uh, on that note, uh, maybe we should uh, kind of uh, change things up here for a minute. Uh, we have a new segment here at Ring of Tyranny, and uh, it's a movie review segment with our producer Bernie Brazito. Uh, we decided to be a good idea to kind of uh, change things up and keep things interesting, so I'm going to throw it uh, over to you, Bernie. Uh, and uh, please, uh, folks, enjoy uh, this, ep this uh, segment of uh, Bernie's Pick Flicks. Thanks, Alan. Welcome, everyone, to Bernie's Flick Picks. The flick pick of the week this week. This is a segment where we review movies. Is a, the WWE Films production of The Chaperone, which came out in 2010. Stars Triple H as Ray Ray, an ex-con getting out of jail and trying to set his life straight, trying to make things right with his estranged uh, wife and daughter, who is the smart daughter from Modern Family, and basically, he gets out of jail. Kevin Corrigan is his old partner in crime. And Kevin Corrigan demands that Ray Ray slash Triple H get in on a new crime uh, with him robbing a bank. And Triple H slash Ray Ray says, now he applies for a bunch of jobs. And then Kevin Corrigan just blows up his apartment. So then Triple H slash Ray Ray agrees to the job. And he drives the van to the bank robbery. Uh, but while they're inside robbing the bank, uh, the RA from Undeclared, Kevin Corgan, and another guy, they're all wearing president's masks. Uh, the guy from Undeclared is wearing a Condoleezza Rice mask. And Triple H decides that he is just going to ditch. He sees his daughter's school bus and a sign for chaperones. So he becomes the uh, chaperone of the title, the titular chaperone of the movie by getting on the bus while his old partners in crime are robbing a bank. Uh, to make things short, one of the robbers throws the bag of money on the bus and Triple H has to uh, fi fight them off without killing a bunch of kids. And it's pretty good if you like Triple H uh, and feel like maybe you want to see him acting in a different capacity but at like the same level of goodness. I suggest you watch WWE Films, The Chaperone. Uh, back to you, Al. Oh, uh, before I throw it back, I do want to say sorry for the alien laughter 
Uh, I'm the producer of this show. Uh, I help Alan out with the computer side of things and, and make try to make sure we get an episode up every week because we're starting to get some followers. We're starting to get some uh, some good feedback from you guys. You know, email us uh, at bernieprezito at gmail.com. You can email me directly uh, if there's something. I mean, other than the, the alien, the space alien laughter, because there's not a lot we can do about the space alien laughter. Um, Alan's kind of explained this, but when we try to upload the episodes, the alien laughter is just sort of tagged into it, forced into it, if you will, and there's not a whole lot we can do about it, so we kind of decided to just go with what we have, and I apologize, and happy Thanksgiving. Back back to you, Alan. Well, thank you, Bernie, for that, that review of WWE Films The Chaperone. I uh, have seen the movie. I saw it a few years ago with my uh, daughter. Uh, uh, maybe she was about 14, I believe, but... Uh, she at the time she called it the worst movie she'd ever seen in her life and asked me why I had uh, wanted to watch it and I, I didn't have a great answer other than Triple H. I wanted to see uh, Triple H kind of acting in a different capacity but about at the same level of goodness. Anyway, you don't have to worry about apologizing, folks. Well, as Bernie said, we appreciate uh, your feedback. E- email us at ringoftyranny at gmail.com. Um, we we want to hear your feedback. Uh, we want to know you're listening to the show. And don't try not to blame Bernie because Bernie's my computer guy. I don't really understand computers too well. I had a great producer uh, in, in Houston when we were doing Data Fight, but uh, now Bernie uh, is my producer and, and it's a much smaller scale operation and he does a great job uh, because let's be honest, what other producer out there has to deal with space alien laughter being uh, peppered all over their uh, productions? Peppered all over their productions while they're trying to produce. <laughs> and um, that brings me to this point. And, and so, Bernie, I'm going to ask a, re- a request that you put a uh, some kind of music bed under me right now, because I'm about to cut a, a, a promo on this on this guy who isn't really a guy. He's a space alien. So let's be honest. We're dealing with a space alien here. We're not dealing with an alien that we've ever dealt with before. Because this alien has contacted us. And he has contacted us when, as far as we know, our government and NASA do not have the capacity to contact alien life forms such as him. And this alien was so advanced he was able to come to Earth and for some reason choose to don the persona of a skinhead, which uh, could or could not say a lot about this space alien and his space alien culture back at home. But he chose to become a skinhead. He chose to pose as a skinhead that was a rival truth teller to me. Because I guess this space alien is so lazy that he sits around at home all day in a space alien house or whatever they have out there, listening to podcasts, hoping to find one that he hates enough to travel to that planet so he can take away that podcast host's voice. Well, I'll tell you what, Skinner the space alien. It's not happening again, because Alan Jones is a new man, much like the new Daniel Bryan has left the old Daniel Bryan behind. Alan Johns, the new Alan Johns, has left. The old Alan Johns, who you left voiceless, he has left that Alan Johns behind. Because the new Alan Johns is not going to go voiceless again. And if it means getting around your, your apparently such strict opposition to truth telling, that you'll come 
and put on this show and embarrass an entire county of people over one man's popular truth-telling alternative news network. Well, Skinner, I've got something to tell you. That shows me weakness. And if you try to come back here and interfere again, well, Skinner, you're going to be sorry. Because not only will you look like a skinhead, you're going to suffer the same fate as a skinhead. And I'm not joking. So why don't you come on down here if you want, quit laughing, and come and take my voice away, huh? Why don't you come try to take this voice away again? As we say in the South, come and take it. I'll be waiting, buddy. If you want to come down here, and you want to talk to me, creature to creature, being to being, intergalactic entity to intergalactic entity, well, that's one thing. But I am not going to stand for more of this ridiculous graffitiing your dirty laughter over me and Bernie's hard work on this show. So come on down here, buddy. And if you don't like it, I'm more than willing to show your tentacles or arms or uh, beams of light or whatever the heck it is you have. How it feels to be broken, broken. Now let's talk about this week in wrestling. <laughs> so on Raw, uh, this was a very strange Raw. I would say uh, every episode of every show that I watched this week was strange. It started with Elias singing the song Bobby Lashley Socks. You saw the audience waving their arms in kind of a kumbaya moment. I liked it. This could go somewhere good. You saw the Lucha House Party come out with Penelope. You saw the Nia Jax promo, which... Well, I mean, uh, it could go somewhere. We'll have to see. You just never know. It's just that they keep changing the directions of the characters that it's hard to keep up. And not everyone has to turn and turn and turn. Uh, AOP uh, had this match uh, with uh, Chabby Rudel. Uh, for the tag team titles, and Drake Maverick stole Bobby Roode's uh, very expensive $10,000 robe that's kind of a ripoff of a Ric Flair robe. He took it to the bathroom in the back and peed on it. I thought this could have been more fun. I, uh, it seemed like everyone was nervous to do it in the segment, but I did like the match. I do like the uh, historic nature of it. We are going to remember this match for a long time. It's going to be brought up, um, of course. It's almost like right now WWE and Vince McMahon are just giving us these moments to kind of make fun of it with in the future and feel nostalgic about in the way that we do of, uh, what's his name, Tugboat and the Stormtrooper helmet uh, falling through the wall, uh, that, that classic clip. Uh, Sasha and Bailey tried to style stuff on Raw, and Ziggler, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, apparently they actually had a match again. I, it's something you can't even barely remember because... It's happened so many times, it seems like it's just in a time loop. Uh, Becky and Charlotte on SmackDown seem to be so confused, right, about who's who. I'm Becky, I'm Charlotte, each one of them said, uh, identity crisis alert, if you ask me. Uh, they, they need to figure it out. I mean, on top of that, Daniel Bryan is calling himself the new Daniel Bryan, saying he left the old Daniel Bryan behind. Of course, he was not there on Tuesday, and AJ Styles gave his promo, uh, talking about uh, how Daniel Bryan was coward, this and that. Daniel Bryan is not only, apparently, the new Daniel Bryan, he's also the new Brock Lesnar. He doesn't want to show up unless he has to. So we'll see where that goes. Nakamura versus Rusev. I gotta say, I'm glad to see him in a feud. The Usos versus Ciceramas, uh, again, the New Day are absurd. Samoa Joe ruined Jeff Hardy's 20-year uh, anniversary celebration. Um, I would imagine, because he's still upset, 
that AJ cheated in that match where Samojo clearly made him tap out and Samojo never won the belt officially and now it's on someone else. Randy Orton has been carrying Ray's mask, uh, Ray's mask that he stole around with him for uh, a week, apparently. And the Miz and Shane are brothers, uh, I believe, playing the long game to WrestleMania, where the feud is still going to be the Miz versus Daniel Bryan. I mean, honestly, just think about it. They've made it much more interesting now. NXT was kind of uneventful, if you ask me. Uh, there were uh, Dakota Kai, Hiro Shirai, and Kairi Sane uh, talked about, you know, at some point, uh, meeting up with uh, the two, three of the four horse women, Shayna Baszler and uh, the other ones, whatever. Um, Lars Sullivan versus Keith Lee, what can you say? EC3 had a match. Um, honestly, no Velveteen Dream, no Ciampa, no Gargano. I guess they're saving the good stuff for last. Impact, I watched an old episode of that, so I thought I'd talk about it for a second. Um, this was an episode from November 11th, 2018. Uh, if you have the GWN app, the Global Wrestling Network app, like I do, you have to wait 10 days before the episodes of Impact are available, so I'll be kind of behind on these, uh, these reviews. This was a good one. Eli Drake uh, had a segment about hating Abyss. Tommy Dreamer showed up and said, uh, I hate Eli Drake. Eddie Edwards uh, was crazy with the scent of moose blood. He wanted to get it, get a moose. I don't know what's going on. So I watched Impact last about six months ago. And I haven't been able to keep up. But I'm trying to keep up again because it's actually pretty good. I like some of the stars. Uh, Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan had a crazy match. It was great. And then Brian Cage threw the title in the ring, the X Division title, in the middle of the ring and said he wants uh, option C, a shot at the main title. I also watched 205 Live uh, and got to say it was actually pretty good. If you only watched one of any of those three uh, hour-long shows, NXT, 205 Live, or Impact, you'd, you'd be pretty sad. Keeping up with the five hours of Raw and SmackDown sometimes is taxing, especially when half the characters don't know who they are, and the other half doesn't seem to care. Uh, let's give our awards real quick. We're running out of time here because I went kind of long in the tooth as I warned that I might. Uh, the pod champion of the week is Elias. Uh, he stepped up to the plate. He took on Bobby Lashley. He took on Baron Corbin. He took on Drew McIntyre who looks like uh, ridiculous in that vest. But still imposing, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, and uh, honorable mention here to AJ Styles, who I'm going to have to kind of research into this to make sure I'm, I'm telling the truth. But I believe must have gotten kicked more times in the balls during championship matches than any other WWE champion in history. It's almost like the past few months. They have been throwing some ribs they were saving in the closet at us. They're trolling the audience. It almost seems like at some point there's going to be some kind of storyline. I mean, have we ever seen Triple H slash Ray Ray call Vince McMahon dad on TV? Uh, well, well, I guess we haven't. But they, uh, this could be the time, especially considering he can't actually wrestle, for them to kind of start becoming chess players against each other. I would imagine Vince might want to phase himself out soon so he can run the NX, uh, the XFL. Now, the pod women's champion of the week was uh, Penelope the Pinata. Uh, she's the mascot of Lucha House Party and uh, perhaps the only female on the roster that managed to be in two separate shows, Raw and 205 Live on the WWE Network this week. And uh, pod match of the week, I'm going to give it to Chabby Rudol versus AOPP. This is going to be kind of a classic match. Like I said, I, I can see this being brought up forever. 
It's a pee pants thing. Obviously, Vince thinks it's funny. I think Vince is honest. It's going out on, on his last hurrah. And if we look at it as a terrible movie like The Chaperone, maybe we can find something to appreciate there that we're not seeing on the surface. at a secret location in Texas. Uh, we thank you very much for listening. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email BernieProsito at gmail.com or 3HorsesRadio at gmail.com. That's the number three. Uh, thank you again for listening. Come back. There's going to be more episodes. Uh, we'll probably have some t-shirts and maybe some mixtapes coming out. At some point, we'll figure out a way you can donate uh, and keep this ad free. And uh, Alan wants you all to know he loves his little warriors and uh, he wants you to keep fighting the good fight.